We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our number one of the get right. We're Reggie KG on 105. Three, the fan Kevin Gray riding solo as of the moment. Here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys at Texas Rangers 105. Three, the fan appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation with you for the next four hours as we get you ready for game one of the NBA Finals between the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat as the Miami Heat make their Second NBA Finals trip in the last four years. Meanwhile, the Denver Nuggets, their first ever NBA Finals appearance in their 47 years in the association. You can find me on Twitter at Kevin Gray Sports coming up in 19 minutes. John Mashota of The Athletic going to be joining me here talking a little Cowboys OTAs as the Cowboys are back at practice today as they continue their preparations for the 2023 NFL season. Uh, in about an hour and 20 minutes, I'll have my own personal OTA report. I went out to practice today at the Star on Frisco, had some fun catching up with some of the players and also observing some things with respect to practice, including why you should be excited about the wide receiver group going into the upcoming season. So a lot to get to tonight on your home of the Cowboys, the Texas Rangers. My man, Larry D. Flores. What's up, man? Holding it down. Appreciate you. How you doing? I'm doing good. So a while ago, our video coordinator, Carter Freeman, had the wide shot, right, of the whole room. That's right. You by yourself. And it just reminded me of that that Will Smith picture where he's he's in the room and he's by himself. <laughs> there's nobody else around. Uh-huh. That's KG right now. That or the, uh, what is it, the John Travolta meme? You know, him just looking around. Yeah, you just know, looking around. Like, Fiction, <laughs> just looking around, just like, hey, who, who else is in the room? Where's my co-host? And then, no, 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 there's none of those tonight. Shout out to, uh, to Reg. He's on vacation. Uh, Chris Arnold is hanging out in Oklahoma. So, hey, here's what people don't, don't know. I used to do a two-hour radio show by myself. I did an independent sports radio show on a network called uh, Sports Radio America. It's an independent sports radio network. Did that for two years. And it was some of the best fun I've ever had because I got to talk to people on the phone, had a little text line. I talked to my producer, obviously, during the show. But you're just having conversations with you, the text line, and the people that's out there listening. So if you got something to say, guess what? You can call the text line, or you can call the line tonight, the uh, Diamond Factory hotline, uh, 877-881-1053. We'll call for that maybe throughout the course of the show. But, hey, here's the thing. I don't mind talking. Clearly, I'm the business of radio, so I didn't mind hearing my own sound of my voice. So I think I'll be okay if it comes to to that because the medium kind of calls to be able to talk for hours and hours on end. Does Does that sound fair to you? Yeah, you said two hours? Is what you used to do? I did. I used to do two hours. How long are we here till? Uh, Four. Oh, that's right. Hey, but your man was built for this, okay? Okay. I've been prepping for this solo time by myself. Going to handle it all. Carter's like, come on, Kev. Really? That's what you're about to do? Shout out to Carter. Carter Freeman running our our video tonight. So, uh, for the 214. Damn, KG, you solo tonight. I got you. I'm tuning with you all night. That's sweet. Thank you so much, 214. Uh, As you do tune in, though, here on 105 through the fan, game one of the NBA finals is tonight. And I've dubbed these finals, Larry, the Hoopers final 
because you've got Jimmy Butler, or as he likes to call himself these days, Hemi Buckets, and Caleb Martin, who could have been the Eastern Conference Final MVP. Jimmy Butler got that award, taking on a Denver Nugget team with Nikola Jokic, two-time league MVP, Jamal Murray, who went 50-40-90 while averaging over 30 points a game in the Western Conference Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers. They're going to be at altitude tonight. Tip-off is in about 26 minutes. I'm excited for this NBA Finals because as someone who covers the Dallas Mavericks and watches this association day in and day out, you couldn't have two more polar opposites when it comes to how these two teams have made it here. You look at the Milwaukee Bucks, excuse me, the Miami Heat taking out the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round of these playoffs, then taking out Jalen Brunson and the New York Knicks in the second round. And then after blowing a three games to none lead, they are able to still have the mental fortitude in game seven to go on the road against Boston and be able to take out the Celtics in game seven to set themselves up to be on the road tonight when they take on a Denver Nuggets team that you look at, especially in the Western Conference Finals. Look, they swept the Lakers, right? Four games to none. But you look at how that series went, dominated by Jamal Murray. Nikola Jokic was doing his thing. But more importantly for the Denver Nuggets, they've got a lot of depth on this team. You look at Michael Porter Jr., shout out M-I-Z-Z-O-U. You've got guys like Catavis Caldwell-Pope, who's a former NBA champion, really good three-point shooter, can defend as well. You've got other veterans on this team like Eric Gordon, who's really turned himself into a really quality player in terms of what he can bring on the defensive end, can shoot the ball a little bit. The Denver Nuggets are well coached by Mike Malone. They're going to be opposed by Eric Spolster, who, of course, is making his sixth NBA Finals appearance as a head coach. This is the seventh time that the Miami Heat have been in the NBA Finals since 2006. So this has been a franchise that has been built different. They love the whole Heat culture thing in Miami, and you give Pat Riley a lot of credit, who handpicked a video coordinator back in 1995 who eventually worked his way up to become one of the all-time coaches in the NBA in Eric Spolstra and one of the best that the game has ever seen. Uh, for the 903 Tolo co-host, uh, let's go, KJ. We got you. That's sweet. Thank you so much. In uh, 214, in Reggie's absence. Uh, ISO! That's right. I don't know if they they could have heard uh, Lucius, but that was, that was really good. Uh, six things that you need to know, though, about this epic NBA Finals. This comes from Kurt Goldsberry of ESPN as we get you ready for tonight's Game 1 Final, which is the oh, number one overwhelming odds. You look at this team in Miami, as I mentioned, it's seventh Finals appearance since 2006, the most in the NBA in that span. Golden State is next with six such appearances. Five of Miami's playoff rotation players, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love, and Duncan Robinson, do have previous Finals experience. It's the Nuggets, though, of course, who are making their first ever NBA Finals. Based on the opening line at minus 360, the Denver Nuggets are a heavy favorite going into this NBA Finals. In fact, tonight alone, they are a nine-point favorite at home against the Miami Heat. So already long odds for the Miami Heat to overcome in these NBA Finals. When you look at number two, the pathways and how they got here. Obviously, we detailed a little bit how Boston was able to lose or lost to Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals in the way that they got here. You people forget, Larry, with the Miami Heat, this was a play-in team. The first eight seed to make it to the NBA Finals since the 1999 Knicks. 
And this was a Heat team that was down double digits and had to end their playing game against the Bulls on a 15-1 run just to get in to the NBA playoffs. And then, of course, the rest is history from there. Meanwhile, the Denver Nuggets, 12-3 throughout the course of these playoffs. They're 8-0 at home, 4-3 on the road so far in the Western Conference playoffs, and now have a terrific home court advantage given the fact that they know how to play in altitude. I don't know if you were seeing on social media, but apparently Charles Barkley, Allen Houston, and others who are in Denver to cover the NBA Finals for NBA TV, my man, they had on oxygen masks trying to get themselves air, trying to get used to the altitude in Denver. Is it, is it really that bad? Have you been out there before? I have never been to Denver before, no. Yeah, me neither. So, But that's all you ever hear about, so I mean... I mean, look, look, getting used to altitude and look for the Miami, at least for them, some of these games will be spaced out, right? You got game one tonight. You've got game number two on June 4th. You've got some time to be able to get used to the altitude there, but how quickly Miami's able to deal with it after coming off a grueling seven game series when they didn't have to, now they have to deal with playing in altitude. Um, from the 817, not only are they a playing team, didn't they lose their first playing game? You're talking about the Miami Heat. Yeah, they had to overcome, as I mentioned, what was a double-digit deficit to the Chicago Bulls just to get in. As I mentioned, ending that game on a 15-1 run. But this all starts and ends for the Miami Heat when it comes to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler in this playoffs, who's been averaging over 28.5 points per game, averaging 37.6 points per game in the first round against the Bucks, dipped to about 25 against the Knicks, and then 25 points per game in the seven-game conference finals. Who knows where Jimmy Butler, in terms of his physical health, where he is, dealt with a little bit of a sprained ankle, which he missed one game in that Knicks series because of that, but at the same time has played a ton of basketball. And one thing that the Denver Nuggets are able to do is they're able to get up and down in transition. And when they decide to put the pedal to the metal, can the Miami Heat withstand what is an athletic Denver Nugget team but also a team that can beat you in the half court. Speaking of that, we talk about how the Miami Heat play a little bit of zone because I don't know, Larry, if you knew what Reggie and I believe in when it comes to the zone. Uh, Zone is for cowards. Mm. But the Miami Heat play a lot of it, and the Denver Nuggets are the most efficient team offensively this season against the zone. So if Eric Spolstra and this team wants to try to play a little matchup zone, a little 2-3 zone, a little 2-2-1 they're going to have some issues because the Denver Nuggets are able to exploit the middle of the floor. You've got Nikola Jokic in that high post. Jamal Murray can be able to get downhill a little bit. This is a team that can handle themselves given any kind of defensive scheme that they're going to be seeing throughout the course of this series. Jimmy Butler, when you look at what he's got to do, though, he has to be the do-everything for them, facilitating offense, getting to the rim, but also allowing these guys in Caleb Martin, who was terrific in the Eastern Conference Final, Duncan Robinson, who's been shooting the ball well from three, Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love, among others. It's going to take a collective team effort for the Miami Heat to be able to take out the Nuggets in this series. Then we go to number four when we look at six things to know about the NBA Finals going into tonight. Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. As I mentioned, Jokic, a two-time league MVP. Jamal Murray becoming the second player to average 30 points on 50-40-90 shooting in multiple playoff series, the only other player to do that in the course of a playoffs is Kevin Durant. That is how good and how historic Jamal Murray has been so far in these West playoffs. Jokic, on the other hand, the third player in league history to average a triple-double entering the finals. 
The only other two players to do that, 1982 Magic Johnson and all of the way back in 1967, some dude named Will Chamberlain averaging a triple-double going into the NBA Finals. Everyone knows about the advanced numbers when it comes to Nikola Jokic and everything he does from a passing standpoint. We know what he does in terms of the all-everything hub that he does for the Denver Nuggets, but he is going to have to be at an all-time best to be able to take out the Miami Heat, and he's got a lot of help with Jamal Murray, who is really, since coming back from the tour in ACL, you have started to see what we saw in the bubble from him when he put on a show down there, 50-point games, playing some of the best basketball of his career, of course, tearing the ACL, now fully back into form. He is going to be on full display in this series as well. From the 214, Denver is 5,280 feet above sea level, almost a mile above sea level. So, look, that's what the Miami Heat are going to have to contend with, not just getting their legs under them after dealing with the seven-game series, but also playing in altitude as well in games one and two. Number five, when we look at six things, when it comes to the NBA Finals, we mentioned Caleb Martin. One reason the Heat have won three consecutive series is that their jump shooting has caught fire. So check this out. During the regular season, Miami ranked 23rd in the NBA by averaging 1.01 points per jump shot. Its shooting didn't scare anybody. But during the postseason, things have dramatically changed. The Heat ranked second among all playoff teams by averaging 1.09 points Per jump shot. So you could tell that the shooting has been getting better. Caleb Martin, the aforementioned Duncan Robinson, Max Struess, you got your three-point snipers from the Miami Heat. They're going to have to be able to be at their best in this series as well. Derek White on the other side, or for Boston, was fantastic in the NBA playoffs for them. He averaged 1.37 points per shot on jumpers. Caleb Martin was second for the Miami Heat at 1.36 points per jumper the most efficient jumpers so far in the NBA playoffs. Caleb Martin coming in at number two. And then at number four, you've got Jamal Murray at 1.18 points per jump shot this postseason. And then finally, you've got the Spo effect. We mentioned a little bit earlier how Eric Spolster has made himself into one of the all-time coaches in this league. His sixth NBA Finals appearance as a head coach for the Miami Heat he is what is the steadying and calming force for this team and his ability to adjust in-game, out-of-timeout plays. Eric Spolstra has now put himself in position as one of the best coaches dealing with injury. We could, and Larry, you have this piece of audio from Major Wojnowski, which we'll play here in just a second. They could be getting some help in the return of Tyler Hero. We talked about all the jump shooting from Caleb Martin and Max Struess and the other players, Duncan Robinson, in this series. They could be getting some help from Tyler Hero, here is ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski about when Tyler Hero could be returning in this series for Miami. We haven't seen Tyler Hero since the first round of these playoffs. When might we be able to expect to see him back on the floor? Uh, Malika, I'm told that game two on Sunday looms as a possibility for Tyler Hero. He'll have a couple more days here to test out that fractured right hand that has now healed. He's on the court working out. Can that hand take contact? You know, certainly, you know, team, the Denver, when players coming back from an injury like that, you're going to have to be ready to absorb contact. Uh, but certainly, I think Sunday, game two, uh, is something he will test it out for. Uh, but if not Sunday, then game three on Wednesday back in Miami, I think barring a setback, there's confidence Tyler Harrell will be ready to return then. 
And that's huge for the Miami Heat if that is the case. If they are able to get back one of their best shooters and a shot creator in Tyler Hero as early as Game 2, most likely in Game 3 back in Miami. We had said, or there had been reports going into the NBA playoffs with that broken hand, that if the Miami Heat did make the NBA Finals, that Tyler Hero could make an appearance, and it sounds like all things are on schedule for him to do that. So that could be a big boost for Eric Spolstra and this team to get Tyler Hero back in these NBA Finals. Game one of the Finals tips off in about 14 minutes in Denver at Ball Arena. The Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. Game one tonight should be a terrific series between the two remaining teams in this year's NBA playoffs. It's the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 Through the Fan. Your man KG riding solo tonight on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, though, the Athletics' John Mashota. He was out there with me at OTAs for the Dallas Cowboys. He and what he had to say and what he has to say about the Cowboys in practice today. We'll do it next on the Get Right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So get right with Reggie KG right here on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray riding solo tonight here on your home with the Cowboys at Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Appreciate you joining me on Odyssey and the Odyssey out the text line 877-81-1053, 877-81-1053. If you want to get in on the conversation coming up here in about 17 minutes, we'll go around the National Football League, get you caught up on the latest news and notes in and around the NFL where Tom Brady finally decides that he's not going to play football, we think. Uh, but right now, though, we go to the Diamond Factory Hotline where I welcome in Social media maven, Duke Blue Devil fan. I can't believe I have to say that part. And more importantly, the Athletics beat writer for the Dallas Cowboys. He is my man, John Mashota. John, what's going on? Not much, man. You should check check those social media accounts. I don't think I'm the only Duke Blue Devil fan out there. They got, they got quite a following. <laughs> well, you're the only one that I know. Actually, you're one of like maybe three that I know. There's another one that I know. His name is Kevin Hagelin. Of course, works for 105 Through the Fan. And I think that's about it. Like, meeting Duke fans, like, on purpose is a rarity uh, for me these days. I don't know how. Well, you know Micah Parsons. That's right. <laughs> See, Micah. Okay, we'll, we'll get into Micah for sure. Because, yes, Micah <laughs> declared himself a Duke Blue Devil fan, among other uh, fans of players and teams today. Uh, as part of his conversation. So we'll get into that throughout the course of our our time together. But uh, appreciate you joining me here tonight. Obviously, the Cowboys continue their preparations for the 2023 uh, NFL season. In fact, John, let's just start with Micah because I'm not going to lie to you. I had a ball today listening to Micah because it feels like the young man is extremely comfortable going into year three with who he is as a person, what he represents on this team, and how much he wants to continue to chase greatness. What were your takeaways from Micah and what he had to say today. Well, I mean, first, he's always great for our business because he's very rarely not entertaining. I mean, you can tell like he puts in an effort to try and, and be entertaining. That's why, you know, when his football career is done, 
I think most of us expect him to be on TV, radio, you know, podcasting, doing whatever, because uh, he has a lot of thoughts about a lot of different things, and, and he enjoys sharing them. So anytime he talks, that's always fascinating. But then it's also the fact that he's, you know, he's a game wrecker. I mean, he's the most talented player on the Dallas Cowboys team, and he might be the best defensive player in all of football. And when you have that, you know, it's it, it's hard not to pay attention to that person, even if let's say they weren't a good quote. I mean, it, but he does, he encompasses all of it. And so, I mean, heck, I don't know. I think we talked in probably about fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. The one that the, the the answer to me that stood out the most, and and a lot of it was really good, but the one that stood out the most was when he was asked towards the end about if he wants to lead the league in sacks, and he and he talked about. I mean, right off the bat, brought up Aaron Donald. How you know Aaron Donald doesn't necessarily lead the league in sacks every year, but he is just. You, he affects everything that goes on on that defense because everything that he does has to be accounted for because just one you know miss on him and he can just wreck the entire game. And, and Mike is that type of a player. He's talented like that. Uh, I mean, he's not Aaron Donald yet, but he has the potential to be that type of a player. And it's interesting to just hear him talk about how, like, well, that's what he wants to be. He wants to be a guy that can impact the entire game, not just, well, hey, at the end, what did you have? Oh, I had two sacks today, or I finished with 20 this season, and I and I led the league or whatnot. It's let me make an overall impact for the rest of the defense. And, and you know what, to be honest with you, that might not have as much of an impact if he's on a on a bad team. And let's say there's a lot of weak spots on the defense. But because there's so many strengths on this defense, if if that opposing offense has to spend, you know, even just an extra guy, you know, another guy looking over there, that can just open so much more up for this defense, which I, I think will be the strength of this team. Yeah, Micah seems like a guy that he understands what his role is and what he's going to be needing to do. And the awareness of just wanting to affect the game and more importantly, help his teammates be able to affect the game. I think that continues to show his maturity as a player, which I think for Dan Quinn and the overall football team is going to be massive for them. Obviously, for this defense, he talked about, you know, Sam Williams as well, wanted to help him continue to get better. Is this defense going to be the reason why the Cowboys are successful in the 2023 NFL season? Yeah, I think they will be. I think it's going to be one of the top two or three and has the potential to be the best defense in the NFL. And because of that alone, I think they'll win a lot of games just on that. But ultimately, when we get to January, that'll be a huge part of it. Don't get me wrong, but there's going to be moments where the offense is going to have to step up. You know, most of these games come down to big moments late. And so that's the thing is what's nice about it is that yes, you're going to a new play caller, you know, you're bringing in Brandon cooks. There's obviously some changes when you don't have Ezekiel Elliott and, you know, Dalton Schultz, there's, you know, some musical chairs going on right now on the offensive line. Because of how good the defense is and the continuity they have over there, having Dan Quinn back again, that should buy them a decent amount of time to try and get that offense where it needs to be. So when you are in January, you should be clicking. And and I believe that that will happen. I believe the only way, you know, for me, it's not about, oh, do they have enough at wide receiver or do you trust, you know, that Mike McCarthy is going to be an outstanding play caller? I think all that stuff irons itself out with this team as long as that you have the pieces out there. Now, if you have a bunch of injuries, it, it's just constantly a new offensive line up front. Wide receivers are in and out. Uh, you know, Tony Pollard's not, you know, giving you the full uh, workload because he's got to come out of games and things like that. I can see that causing problems. But if they can stay relatively healthy on offense, I think everything will take care of itself. Speaking of that offense, John, I tended to focus my attention today at practice on the wide receiver group. And I'm kind of glad that I did because I thought – 
Michael Gallup looked fantastic today. The the word springy comes to mind when watching Gallup today. How important is his success and more important and his health going to be for this team this upcoming year, given the fact that CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks are there? And it feels like Michael Gallup is getting close or it appears back to his um, pre-torn ACL self. It's going to be huge because of just the way he plays the game. It's kind of a it's kind of a nice compliment to the other two in, in Cooks and Lamb and that, you know, you can, like when I was watching today, you know, he's mostly on the outside and, you know, Cooks or, or Lamb are in motion. A lot of times they're trying to get, you know, Lamb singled up on one side, but, you know, those two guys are more going to be able to switch on and, and, and play a little bit more in the slot. Mike McCarthy believes that Michael Gallup can be successful in the slot and he'll see some, you know, just in the West coast offense, he'll see some time there, but, most of his reps, I believe, will come on the outside. And, and if he if he's all the way back to what he was before the injury and he's comfortable and, and, and everything looks as good as it has and, and, every, and everyone continues to talk as highly about him as, as they have the last few weeks we've been around the team, uh, then, yeah, then everything should, should be great for Michael Gallup, and, and particularly in the red zone, you know, you, you know being a guy that, uh, I, I mean, Dak's obviously comfortable with him. They've played a lot together, so – that will be a huge part for this offense. They really do need that because I do think there's a, there's quite a bit of a drop off after that first three. You know, those three have been with the running with the ones these last two weeks when we've been out there, and then that next group is Tolbert and Turpin and Simi Fajoko. and and yeah, there's an opportunity for one or two of those guys to step up, but there's just so much unknown in that second group that you really need that first group to be as healthy as possible. Let's stick there. Do you feel like Jalen Tolbert? who, as we've heard, are making improvements. CeeDee Lamb talking about the improvements that Jalen Tolbert you know, is making so far this offseason. Do you see him as a realistic threat to be able to take over that number four wide receiver position? Well, I do, because I do think the talent is there. You know, and, and, I, and I do understand how there could potentially be, coming from a smaller school, a little bit of an acclimation period, and then things start coming at you fast, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I talked to him today for a little bit, and you know, he mentioned about how he's just, you know, reacting and he's quicker off the ball and he's able to use his speed, which is, you know, one of his greatest strengths because he's not thinking as much and, and not worrying about, you know, messing up and actually doing the, the wrong thing. And then all of a sudden, it's not only you worrying about yourself, you're now you're worried about, like, what the coaches are saying. Am I going to not get to play next week? You know, why am I not dressing and things like that? And you're worrying about all this other stuff that, you know, really is just only slowing you down. And so, it, it, you know, when he came into camp last year or like OTAs last year at this time, he was dealing with a little bit of a leg issue, and I think that might have set him back as well. So, um, you know, he's saying all the right things. Everybody I've talked to has said, you know, he's handled this offseason the right way. And, you know, I'm a big action speak louder than words, and I, and I do feel like if they didn't think he'd be there um, or they had questions about him that they would be possibly looking to add another wide receiver, and, and I just don't get the sense that they're that they're interested in doing that right now. John Mashota, the athletic covering the Dallas Cowboys, joining me here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Mike McCarthy going into year four of a five-year contract. I don't know, John. I feel like the the feeling that I'm getting around this team, while there is yes, a sense of urgency to win and build upon the last couple of years and getting to the playoffs, getting to the divisional round you know, this past year, that these guys feel fairly comfortable. I haven't seen, obviously, Michael Parsons. Seems like he's feeling good about himself. CeeDee Lamb, not distracted by anything going on with his contract. But for Mike McCarthy, this is an important year for him, but he seems much more comfortable in who he is as a coach and how he has to operate here with Dallas. How would you say – what would you say to that? Yeah, I think he's just – he's going to be 
and he has been a lot busier just because he's in all these offensive meetings that he wasn't in all of those in, in the past. I mean, he's big on, I remember first year he was here. I remember him always saying about, you know, if you're going to be the offensive play play caller, you know, you call it, then you're going to have to install it. And so that was always the reason why he would, you know, when someone would be working with the offense, people would look towards McCarthy, like, well, why aren't you stepping in and, and having Kellen do this and do that? Well, it's like, well, he's the one that's in all these meetings. This is his offense. This isn't, he's not just like some, you know, young protege. Like I'm going to give him, you know, tips and, and suggestions here and there, but he's the offensive coordinator. He's installing this offense. He's going to be the one in charge of it. And so now Mike McCarthy is in that seat. So it, it is going to open him up for more criticism because if the, if the offense struggles, if the offense looks um, like they're lost, that's going to reflect more on the head coach than it would have the previous three years. And so that offense, I'm not saying it has to be, you know, the number one offense in the league or even top five, but it has to look like a good solid offense that's taking care of the ball, not turning it over and winning ball games. And they've done that the last two years. It's ultimately just come down to January, but if it looks like a disaster, then yeah, it's going to look really bad on him. Um, but I don't get the sense that that's going to happen. I mean, this isn't like this is the first time he's calling plays, and it's not like he only did it for a couple years in Green Bay. So, um, you know, I think there'll be some adjustments in, in language and things like that, and there might be some hiccups early in the season. But ultimately, I, I don't see any reason why Mike McCarthy won't do a good job as offensive play caller. Speaking of that offense, Tony Pollard talked for the first time, I believe, since the playoff game where he injured his leg and was not able to complete that game, him talking about his role as the number one back on this team. What were your takeaways from him today as he assumes that number one position in that running back room and what that means for him playing on the franchise tag going into this upcoming season? Yeah, he, you could tell he didn't really care too much to talk about the franchise tag and the contract mm-hmm. thing. And, and I totally, I totally get that. I mean, everybody's different with that stuff. You know, there's, you know, there's a lot of guys that they would just rather leave that up to their agent and, and stay out of it and just go about the business of like, hey, if I take care of my myself and do what I need to do on the field, I'm with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to make a lot of money. And and I think that's the right way to go about it. And I think this team has a lot of key guys that, that feel that way and Tony being one of them. And he pretty much made that known today. But but like you said, that's the first time getting to talk to him since that injury. So that was the biggest thing to me was to hear what he had to say about where he's at and, you know, you can watch these OTAs and, and, and you can see him, let's say, like on some social media videos and be like, you know what, he looks like he's, yeah, he looks like he's moving pretty well. But to hear him talk about how basically the only reason he's not out there all the time right now is because they're just being cautious because there's no reason for him to be out there all the time. And I imagine the same thing will happen when we get out to Oxnard where, you know, he'll be out there, um, but he won't be getting the, this like full workload where he's just getting exhausted with it. And I don't see him doing anything in the preseason and so between now and week one in September, I, I think that I think he'll be fine. There'll be plenty of time for him to get right. Um, but we'll see. You know, I mean, that's that's the big thing is that there's going to be even more workload on him. And, and so my big thing with Tony Pollard is I'm interested to see how much his workload increases during the regular season, because let's be honest, this team is built to, to win in January. And so how much wear and tear do you want to be putting on Tony Pollard now when you're going to need him more than ever in January. And you saw what it looked like when they didn't have him in January. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, tough sledding without him as the running back for this team. Uh, John, as always, my man, I appreciate the time. You got to pick for the NBA finals. Who are you picking? The Miami Heat or the Denver Nuggets to win the finals? I'll honestly be surprised if the Heat win two games. Like, so <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, I, I'm serious. Like, I think, I think it could be the potential Nuggets sweep, but 
Uh, I'll give I'll give the Heat one. I just I'm a big believer in the cream rises to the top. Uh, I always believe that with the NCAA tournament, you know the uh, you know the first second round. There can even heck even this year there are a bunch of teams that got to the final four, but it ultimately you know just Cinderella doesn't actually win at all. I mean it came close in 2010. Gordon Hayward almost did it from half court, but usually the cream rises to the top in the very end. I remember I remember very well in '99 when the Knicks made it as an eight seed, and then they played the Spurs and. They're just, you know, the cream rises to the top. I think that's what's going to happen here. Uh, great run from the Heat. I mean, that's amazing for them to make it. But I just think Jokic and Murray. I mean, the whole crew. The way that that team is, that Denver team is really good. So yeah, I think they win in five games. Yeah, I say respectfully. I'll pick the Nuggets in five, uh, just because I believe the Miami Heat. Respectfully. Uh, respectfully, exactly. Respectfully, five. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at John Mashota, covering the Dallas Cowboys for the Athletic. He is John Mashota. John, I appreciate the time, my man. Thank you. Anytime, man. Good talking to you. There he goes. John Mashota, the athletic. Good enough to join me here on the Get Rights with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Yes, 214. John did say get right. That's right. Endorsing the show right there. And he didn't even mean to do it. Uh, it is the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, I take you around the National Football League where finally, damn it, Tom Brady says he's not playing football ever again. The audio to prove it. Next on 105 through the fan. About to go around the NFL here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray riding solo tonight here on your home of the Cowboys at Texas Rangers. Appreciate you joining me on Odyssey and the Odyssey. I have the text line 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053 if you want to get in on the conversation coming up at the top of the hour. A little Mavs trade offers. My man Tim Cato of The Athletic in his latest piece today putting together several Mavericks trade scenarios that will run through and see if you may like them or not as the NBA Finals are underway in Denver. The Denver Nuggets up 12-9 to with 6.40 left in the first quarter as the Denver Nuggets are trying to win their first ever NBA championship. Meanwhile, the Miami Heat, who are in their sixth NBA Finals under head coach Eric Spolstra, looking to handle business after defeating the Boston Celtics in seven games. You can find me on Twitter at Kevin Gray Sports if you want to give me a follow there. Again, coming up at the top of the hour, little Mavericks basketball on game one of the NBA Finals tonight. But right now, let's go around the National Football League, Larry. Um, as we do, I think it's finally over, Larry. Once and for all, it's finally over. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady is not coming back. Hopefully. At least, Larry, that's what he told Robin Lundberg today of Sports Illustrated when Lundberg posed a question to him. Can you please, I'm paraphrasing here, can you please just give clarity for everyone about you and your situation, Tom? Please let us know. What is your message to those fans, the media, whoever it is, that's constantly concocting a way for you to come back? I'm certain I'm not playing again, so I've tried to make that clear, and I, I hate to continue to profess that because I've already told people that uh, lots of times. But I'm looking forward to my, my broadcasting job at Fox next year. Um, I'm looking forward to the opportunity ahead with the, with the Raiders, and we're in the process of that along with the other different things that I'm a part of professionally and in my personal life, just spending as much time with my kids as I can and seeing them grow up and support the different things that they have going on. 
And that's a very important job. And I take them all pretty seriously. Freedom! Finally, he's gone for good. We think. Uh, from the 214, um, Kevin, don't believe Tom Brady. I- I'm going to choose to believe him this time. And you know what's funny, though? In that clip, he mentioned the fact that, he, you know, wants, he takes his job seriously, that, you know, about raising his kids and he wants to be around, you know, see his kids grow up and this, that, and the third. I wonder if he had made that decision maybe, you know, a couple of years ago if he'd be still married to uh, Giselle Bunchen. Oh, man, you went there. All Giselle wanted was for Tom to come home. Todd, bring your ass home. You 48 years old. Why are you still playing? She just wanted her man to come home and take care of these kids. And Tom was like, no, I'm going to continue to play this football. And now forever he will be remembered, at least for this portion of his career, the fact that Dak Prescott ended Thomas Edward Patrick Brady's career on a fateful Monday night in Tampa Bay, Florida. Shout out to Rain Dakota Prescott for ending Tom Brady's career and sending that man finally into the NFL sunset. But real talk, though, look, man, $375 million that Fox is going to give him for the next 10 years to call football games. You think he's actually going to be good at it? Because I think he'll actually be, I think he'll be decent at it. He seems like the kind of guy that will work at his craft that will be able to be good at this. Now, how much personality he's going to bring to the airwaves is another story. But I think he'll actually be fairly decent at this if he takes the 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 training of it seriously and who they decide to pair him. See, but I've I've actually grown to like the like away from the Patriots. I know, and I've hated it. Hate that I like him. So I know, much, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he has grown on me as like an actual person outside of being the football player. To where we'll see what he does on on national television with Fox as a broadcaster. Kind of like Eli, right? Eli away from the Giants, right? Not affiliated with the Giants. He's like really kind of funny. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it'll work out for Tom, but he'll get $37.5 million for the next 10 years to try. But we'll see for Fox. But Tom Brady finally gone when it comes to his playing career. He's got a whole ownership you know, piece with the Las Vegas Raiders and Mark Davis. So he's got a lot on his plate to deal with, among other things, that he's going to be engaging in with other endeavors now that he's fully retired, we think. Uh, As we continue around the National Football League, we'll see in terms of where DeAndre Hopkins' next team will be. Uh, Diana Rossini, now here's, here's, it's kind of a weird clip because it's Diana Rossini on like different shows talking about whether or not certain teams would be interested in DeAndre Hopkins. So bear with the clip. It's about 50 seconds. Bear with the clip. But here is what Diana Rossini has on the latest when it comes to DeAndre Hopkins and whether or not he's going to be playing maybe with the Houston Texans again. Take a listen. It's really going to come down to what he prefers and what he wants, as there are several teams, including the New England Patriots, who are interested in DeAndre Hopkins. And we're going to see over the next few weeks Hopkins taking visits with different teams, Brian, and, and he's going to make a decision on what's best for him. Okay. The, the Bills, they're, they don't have... They're, they're not all in on this. They're, they're listening. They're watching. They've had conversations. They're, they're, not, they're not jumping into this pool. Uh, the Jets are not interested in DeAndre Hopkins at this point, by the way. But for your team, for the Dallas Cowboys, I don't get the sense that he is an option for them. Look, all teams are looking at this, but there's this level of seriousness, right? Like, I, for example, I had one executive in the league say to me, look, if he wants to make $2 million a year, yeah, we'll take him, right? So money's a big issue. And obviously the Dallas opened up some space here, and, and, and they could look into that. But from the conversations I had, Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys are not on the board. 
And Mike McCarthy backing up some of those sentiments today, speaking with us during his media availability. He said, quote, I really like the look of our group. Adding, of course, that DeAndre Hopkins is a hell of a talent uh, who has long been respected, but it sounds like Mike McCarthy and this team is good with what they have in the wide receiver room. Now, there are reports coming that he, DeAndre Hopkins, might be interested in going back to Houston, and I say for who, for what? Like, I understand, you know, C.J. Stroud there, you know, new franchise quarterback who apparently is already taking the reins as the number one guy, taking first-team reps from Davis Mills. We heard from uh, the Houston Chronicle today that he's doing so already in terms of OTAs and practices. So C.J. Stroud really taking a hold of that number one spot there in Houston. But if DeAndre Hopkins is looking for a money grab, I guess going back to Houston would be the move for him. Even Deshaun Watson, though, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, said, yeah, I wouldn't mind having DeAndre back. Uh, playing with me if he were to come to Cleveland, which, look, I think the best fit for him at this point in his career, if especially if he's serious about winning championships and money isn't the end-all, be-all for him. I don't know, Larry. I think Kansas City makes a lot of sense for DeAndre Hopkins. I kind of like that. I mean, I kind of like that. Kansas City kind of makes sense for anybody right now at <laughs> this point, right? I mean, Touche. Touche. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes wouldn't mind seeing DeAndre Hopkins in the wide receiver room, being able to throw the ball to him, Kadarius Tony, among others. I, look, man, DeAndre Hopkins would be, I think, a terrific fit there. Dallas, it seems like their wide receiver room is set based on what they have. The Bills, maybe, but I don't know how much DeAndre Hopkins is trying to play in the cold at this point in his career either after playing you know, in Arizona and in Houston. But, hey, we'll see. He'll take some visits, according to ESPN's Diana Rossini, and what that looks like for him. But for DeAndre Hopkins, I'm sure there will be some suitors there. The question will be what kind of money is he looking for and what will be the best fit for him. I tend to think Kansas City might be a good one, given the fact that they do have the best quarterback in the sport right now, and he could use a true, legitimate number one wide receiver. Speaking of quarterbacks, Josh McDaniels, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, says he has, quote, no anxiety over his quarterback situation when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, saying, quote, I have no anxiety. You guys may have anxiety. I have no anxiety. End quote. It's probably the most I'll say the word anxiety today after reading all of that from Josh McDaniels. Look, his man, Jimmy Garoppolo, who signed, of course, a three-year $72.75 million deal back on March 17th, also signed a waiver and release in place of a physical because of his injured left foot, which he had surgery on. I don't know why the Raiders decided to hire Josh McDaniels as their head coach, but yet here we are, and he's got a dilemma with his quarterback. We'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo... Uh, who, of course, was introductory news conference, was postponed today in March, presumably after the Raiders have found out that my man had a broken foot and then had him sign the waiver. All I know is I don't know if the Raiders have a plan. I don't know what it is. I do know they have one of the best running backs in football in Josh Jacobs, and that's about it. They moved on from Darren Waller. They moved on from, uh, they moved on from Derek Carr. So, you know, we'll see what happens when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo and his situation there. Good luck with that, Josh McDaniels. Good luck with that. It's the Get Right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. That's your trip around the National Football League right here on your home, the Cowboys and Texas Rangers 105 through the fan. Coming up next, though, here on the Get Right, we're going to talk a little Mavericks basketball in the midst of game one of the NBA Finals where the Denver Nuggets are already handling business at home 
in game one of said finals. My man Tim Cato of The Athletic had his Mavericks trade offers, including this one that includes the number 10 pick and Josh Green. What you think of it, I'll tell you next on The Get Right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.